The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning. I'm here, Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD-TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon a landmark in Kalif over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We would like to announce the commemoration of the 89th anniversary of our Kaimiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue in Honolulu, Hawaii, on Wednesday, October the 23rd, 2019, beginning at 7 p.m. Come and celebrate with us. See you there. And now, 
The church choir under the direction of Emilia Han will start up today's telecast with a spirit-inspiring song entitled, The First Song I Sing. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Lock on the organ. Yes, TV viewers, make your day a Jesus day, filled with praise and thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The words of the song are very uplifting and good suggestions to live by. Let the first song I sing today be praise to you. Let the melody linger all day long. Let a smile and kind deed show you my praise to you and encourage someone else to sing along. We glorify the Lord as we lift his name in praises and thanksgiving, for he is worthy to be praised. Sing along, singing. 
The church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song, Say I Do. Our answer should always be a resounding yes to anything that needs to be done for the Lord's work. As we put our shoulders to the gospel wheel and continue to put him first in our daily lives, he will make a way to victory. All the Lord asks is for our simple trusting faith and service to him. Our soloist today is trusty associate pastor Emmons Broad Sr., who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful song entitled 10,000 Angels. Doing his background music will be associate pastor Marvin Bing on the bass, Mason Asano Sr. on the guitar, Iris Locke on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. The words to this song are so touching and exhibit that our Lord and Savior is an all-powerful God. He could have called 10,000 angels but died on the cross alone for you and me. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary so that we all might have that promise of eternal life. He is there to give us the peace, joy, and happiness that only comes from above. <laughs> they bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior, so pure and free from sin. They said, crucify him, he's to blame. 
destroy the The church choir will now perform their final number for the day entitled, Don't You Want to Go? The Lord has promised mansions on high, streets of gold, to those who will hear His voice and accept Him as their personal Savior, Master, and Lord. Yes, saints and friends, don't you want to go to that land that is flowing with milk and honey? Don't you want to go to the land where we will never grow old and we will be with the Lord and Savior forevermore? For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen.
Just the associate pastor of Interpol Senior will now display his God-given talents on the guitar with the song entitled, He's Coming Soon. We know not the day or hour our Lord will return for his very own. The sign of the rooftops of all our churches, Jesus coming soon, is no lie. For soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. He will return for those who have been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with his Holy Spirit and walking all the way with him. On that grand and glorious day, the trump of God will sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. What a glorious meeting that will be. Mason and Tracy Asano Sr. will blend their voices in sweet harmony to the song entitled, He Will Carry You. As the words of the song goes, there is no problem too big that God cannot solve. There is no mountain too tall that God cannot move. 
There is no storm too dark that God cannot calm, and there is no sorrow too deep that God cannot soothe. O Lord and Savior, carry the weight of the world on His shoulders, and He will surely carry you through all that you go through. For He is our great burden bearer, and is able to lift us up from the depths of despair and turn all our tests and trials into glorious victories. At this time, it is a great pleasure to dedicate this song to Mr. and Mrs. William and Rebecca Kule Bolosan. May the Lord continue to bless and strengthen you all the days of your lives. Have a wonderful Sunday.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, Gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaner Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera and President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. To be a member in the family of Jesus TV viewers requires living a tough lifestyle. There are many in the world, and in our country for that matter, who do not appreciate this lifestyle. It is too restrictive or too limiting. They maintain because it seeks to exclude sin and make it repulsive. Whether we like it or not, this is the way the Lord would have it. I hope my sermon, Humility in Giving and Prayer, prompts spiritual beauty and blessings will make a special and significant impact upon you so that in spite of its toughness, you choose to live the lifestyle of Jesus 
beginning with your being baptized in his precious holy name. If you have not yet met this requirement, if you have, however, then you can take this sermon to heart and let it make a difference in your life as a member of God's family. This message is the third part of the Sermon on the Mount. One of the greatest curses of the church today is external religion. We have many people who look good on the outside, but who are rotten on the inside. They look like heavenly creatures on the outside, but they are hypocrites on the inside. They go to church. They talk of a good religion. They show off their works. They boast of their righteousness. But deep down in their hearts, they are not right with God. It was just this kind of people to whom Jesus spoke in Matthew, the sixth chapter. As he preached, a multitude of people listened to him. Among them there were many religious leaders of his day. He knew what was in their hearts. We read John 2, 24 to 25. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And he did not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. The sum total of the religion was external. Their hearts were not right with God. No wonder he lashed out against them and called them hypocrites. There are three things I would like to bring out and unveil to you from the first 18 verses of Matthew, the sixth chapter. The first is the trumpeting of gifts. Read in Matthew 6, 1 through 2. Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Jesus here assumes that we are going to give. He doesn't say if, but when we give. As far as the true born-again believer is concerned, he must always keep a place in his heart for giving. One thing for certain, one can never outgive the Lord. If like the Dead Sea, one keeps all and gives nothing, his spiritual life and power will surely dry up. If like the Sea of Galilee, he gives as well as receives, he becomes a fountain of blessing and of joy to God. Oh, that the saints might learn not only the lesson of giving from the heart, but the joy of giving. Paul tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-7, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he proposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Men are cheating themselves of the life's greatest happiness because they use everything for themselves and give nothing. But Jesus also tells us how not to give. We are not to give to be seen of men. He pictures the manner in which a hypocrite gives. Here, the man decides to bring a gift to the church. He has a servant. Go ahead of him and sound the trumpet so that all can hear. And as the man passes by, Everyone comes out to see him. 
Then he holds up his huge gift for all to see and in effect says, look, what a wonderful man I am. Here's a huge gift that I am going to present to the Lord. Jesus calls that man a hypocrite. His main reason for giving to the Lord was so that he could be seen of men. Jesus condemned such practice. What is a hypocrite? Actually, it means one wearing a mask. I recently read an article that said, there is no fall in the world so great as to be a hypocrite. The hypocrite is hated of the world for seeming to be a Christian. He is hated by God for not being one. He hates himself and he is even despised by Satan for serving him and not acknowledging it. Hypocrites are really the best followers and of the greatest dupes that Satan has. They serve him better than any other and receive no wages at that. And what is even more reprehensible is that they submit to greater mortification to go to hell than the most sincere Christians do to go to heaven. They desire being more to be so than to seem so. Jesus pronounces woes upon them. We read in Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 to 15, but woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and hypocrites, for ye compass the sea, and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more than the child of hell than yourselves. When a hen lays an egg, she cackles quite loudly, so that everyone in the neighborhood knows that she has done something wonderful. And some people are like that in giving. They want the world to know what they have done. I'm afraid that this type of giving is often encouraged. Men trust in their wealth and boast of themselves in the multitude of their riches. Read in Psalms 49, 11 to 12, verses 16 and 19. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to old generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him, though while he lived he blessed his souls. And men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. Take, for example, a man who gives a million dollars, an amount which doesn't involve any more sacrifice than the signing of his name to a check, for he has millions of dollars left. But his gift is trumpeted all over the country through the media of television, the newspaper, the radio, and so forth. Jesus said that such men have their reward. What is their reward? It isn't a reward from heaven. It is just a reward of being seen of men, and that is most certainly a poor and fleeting reward. Do you remember the story of the poor widow and her mites? Let us read Luke 21, 1 through 4. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury had cast in all the living that she had. 
Jesus tells us how to give. We have to give in such a way that no one comes up and says, you are wonderful, you have given such a huge gift. Even the giver himself is to take as little notice as possible of what he has given. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 3 to 4, but when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. That is secret giving. And he tells us that God will reward us for this type of giving. I have seen two kinds of giving in our church. I've seen that God put his tithes and offerings in an envelope and drops it into a receptacle. Now that money goes to support the gospel of the kingdom of God. No one brags about this gift because no one knows about it. On the other hand, I have seen saints giving their tithes and offerings with full assurance that the pastor knows from whence the money came. Really, I would rather have God's reward than man's. One man glorifies himself in his giving, the other man glorifies God. Now, Jesus said that we should present gifts without the sounding of trumpets. Let us digress for a moment from our sermon to one of man's greatest need, the salvation of his soul. Our birthright is to be children of God. How can we do that? You may ask, we accomplish it by being born of water and of the Spirit as found in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, he reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Today, many are haughty and full of pride and will not come down from the tree of the world to accept Jesus. Yes, fears, keeping the law, going to church, being religious, and following a religious creed to the very letter will not save you. Your spouse, your minister, your church cannot save you. Only the name of Jesus will save you and remit your sins. We read in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why must you be born again? It's simple. The Lord Jesus Christ said so. That ought to settle it. There should be no reason for argument. When he, who is the almighty God, says you must be born again, he ought to know. We all inherit a sinful nature. This nature that we all receive from our first father, Adam, is fallen, corrupt, and sinful. For all have sinned that come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. God tells us that the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. How can one be born again? He must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion in water. Baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse, not sprinkle or pour. And baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus tells in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Therefore, choose this day whom you will serve. God or the devil, the choice is yours. Do you want the spirits to speak in an unknown tongue? The only evidence cited in the Bible, which can be used to confirm that one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Your next question could most likely be, why is the name of Jesus so important in baptism? Acts 4.12 clearly states, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
This is our birthright. And when we forsake this birthright, we forsake God. To be a born-again Christian is as natural as for a fish to remain in water. When a fish is out of the water, he is not going to live long, for he's out of his natural habitation. Likewise, when individuals are living apart from God, they are out of their natural habitation. The result is spiritual death. We go now to the second subject of our sermon, talking to God. Jesus again points to the hypocrites as we read in Matthew 6, 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. In other words, their whole attitude was not one of humility and contrition. They struck a pose. They prayed so as to catch the eyes of the passerby and not the ear of God. Well, they had their reward. They had the commendation of men, but that's all there was to it. Their prayers didn't go up to God, and therefore their answers did not come down. As an illustration, we refer to the Pharisee in the temple. He went straightway to the front, stood where everyone could see him, and prayed so that everyone could hear him. He boasted of his goodness and gifts, as we read in Luke 18, 11 to 12. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Jesus said, everyone who exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. The Bible tells us that he prayed within himself. God was not a part of the transaction at all. Jesus is telling us that our religion should not be a boastful thing. It must not be a thing of public exhibition and use to display our piety to impress people. Read Matthew 6, 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which see it in secret shall reward thee openly. Yes, God rewards openly. I'm sure every one of you in my viewing audience has had this experience. You prayed in secret. Only you and God knew about anything about it. Then the answer came, and the whole world was able to see it. Still, you and God alone share the secret. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Jesus warns us as unnecessary repetitions as you read in the seventh verse. But when he pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard of for this much speaking. But not therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. In other words, we are not to repeat, memorize prayers or phrases over and over until they become mechanical and lose their meanings. We must approach God alone and open our hearts to Him. We must talk to Him as a child talks to his father. This is true prayer. Judge tells us, Jude tells us in verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most high, holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. One is willing to let God have His way at all costs, can be controlled by the Holy Spirit so that he really desires and prays for what that is the will of the Father. Such a prayer is always answered. It is the Spirit who maketh intercession for a child of God in prayer. We read Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, if my son needed a new pair of shoes, he wouldn't read something from a book or tell someone else about it. 
He would say, Dad, look, these shoes are wearing out. I need a new pair. And that's the way we are to talk to God, simple and right to the point. Thus we see that prayer is something which wells up out of the secret depths of the heart and soars up on the wings of faith toward the throne of grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Finally, we come to the third subject of our sermon, teaching us to pray. Did he know, viewers, that the power and value of prayer can be summed up in six words? Prayer changes things. Prayer changes you. I am quite sure that many a person burdened down with the care of life and filled with doubts and fears can appreciate these words when they stop to pray. Jesus gives us what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Prayer is so important in our spiritual life that Jesus set out in prayer model for us to use. Therefore, all of our praying should be in keeping with the spirit of this prayer model. We must address God as our Father. Can everyone do that? No, only those who are His children. Only those who have been truly born again of water and of the Spirit can say so. Some people are not God's children, although they are His creatures. We become His children when we are born again. John 1, 12 tells us, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on His name. The normal way to pray to God is through His Son, Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. We come to a Father who knows our needs and who can supply them. An earthly Father may know our needs but may not be able to supply them. However, God can supply all our needs to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Yes, God, who is a spirit, is in heaven. A boy was once asked, why, if God is everywhere, does the prayer say, our Father who is in heaven? And he answered, because that's His headquarters. Then comes reverence, hallowed be thy name. The Bible tells us holy and reverent is His name. What is his name? His name is Jesus, the Almighty God. In this world, there is no name comparable to the name of Jesus, who has never take or use the name of the Lord as a part of profanity. Thy kingdom come. Jesus refers here to the time when he will come again to set up his kingdom. Certainly, there will be no sign of that kingdom being set up until he comes. His kingdom will be one of righteousness and peace. We see no sign of universal peace of righteousness in the world today. Only His coming will straighten out the world and usher in His kingdom. He must come, and like John on the Isle of Patmos, we must pray for that coming. In the meantime, we are to be busy for Him, occupying until He comes. Thy will be done. Here He brings it right home to our own hearts. The will of God may not abide in the lives of famous people. As far as we are concerned, we can do His will according to the best of our abilities. It isn't always easy to do this, if often means sacrifice, the giving up of our own desires and wishes and merging them into His will. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a petition to our Lord for today and now. Read Matthew 6, 33, 34, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, seek the spiritual things first, and the material blessings will follow. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. There is no promise for tomorrow. If we were to rely on all the tomorrows, we would be collecting a lot of yesterdays. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It means that if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. If we don't forgive others, God will not discard us from His family. However, we will not enjoy His fellowship, nor have the kind of peace in our hearts which comes from developing a forgiving spirit. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
all of us are going to be tempted at one time or another. Therefore, we must ask God not to leave us in the midst of temptation, but to deliver us from it. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with temptation also make a way to escape, that he may be able to bear it. Indeed, viewers, God allows every temptation, but gives strength that he may be able to bear it. Therefore, no Christian need ever be defeated. Now, if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. And now the church band will play the final selection entitled Deeper, Deeper.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.